0: Just to launch this conversation. This is our playground.
1: They have spontaneous conversations. They don't play in this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. (laughs) Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, kindred spirits everywhere. Welcome to another edition of The Rob and Callie Show. I'm Callie, and I'm with my dear brother, Who's dancing?
1: I am. I'm just so happy to be here. You know, the thing <laughs> about this studio is it's never boring and we laugh a little. It's very good. So it's very good to be here.
0: Yeah. And I'd like to give a special little shout out to Samar. Our fearless leader who runs the radio station is also our engineer, producer, Sage, always kind of chills us out, gives us a little pearl of wisdom before we start the show, and we don't acknowledge him enough to the people.
1: Sam the man. Yes.
0: And um, we've also just learned from our fun little... World map on the computer that we have. Romania joining us tonight. I think that's a first for us. Yes, um, a lot of countries in the Far East, and then a good smattering of people around the United States. So we always thank you and derive a lot of pleasure from this armchair travel that we do when we look on this map. It's like, well,
1: yeah, I like I'm that. I'm in Romania. I like that though. Armchair travel. That's great. Yeah, I didn't make that up. I stole that. Oh, I like it though. Okay, good. Whoever thought of that, you're brilliant.
0: (laughs) So, tonight we're going to talk about shoulds versus wants. Otherwise known as following your head versus following your heart, Mm -hmm. a topic that I know it's almost it's something that's been um, sort of in my vernacular for so long that when we thought about doing this topic, we had to check back and make sure we hadn't done it before because it's that familiar and that much a part of our, you know, our conversations off the air and with our friends and lives So today when you and I were on the phone, we talked a little bit about how, um, I don't remember who said, it might've even been like a Buddha saying Hmm. that the longest road to travel is the one between the mind and the heart. Yeah. And even though it's such a short distance in our bodies, it takes a lifetime sometimes to get from one to the other mm-hmm. and so you know I was just thinking about all the ways it comes up organically a lot for me when I'm talking to other people but I was trying to personalize it and think about all the ways that it you know um, I've related to this topic myself mm-hmm. and I think um, you know I start when I think about it linearly I have one um, very vivid memory and then well, I guess we could back up from there um, because I think for me a lot of it's come from my professional life first Mm -hmm. in terms of dealing with the practicalities of life versus the alignment of what you want to do, what your bliss is, what you, you know, what brings you joy. Mm -hmm. And for me, there's always been a disconnect between those two things. Um, I think a lot of it is maybe the way we're raised or often that's a huge influence, right? Yeah. You know, we're born into this world where these clean slates, ideal we, th- we think we believe yeah and then between our familial influences society religion school all the things that start teaching us checklists and shoulds and what we should aspire to and what we should accomplish and how we should behave and you know coloring inside of the lines and all of these things um, I'm just full of metaphors tonight huh I like little it. analogies or whatever. It's good. Um, and, you know, ultimately that creates in us a certain sort of belief system that can be kind of combustible as we get older because you get further and further away from listening to your own heart and your own voice. Yeah. So I was thinking of one image I have of myself after I had graduated college And I had spent college very motivated by creating a career. And all my summers in between my college years were about internships. And, you know, I came, I come from depression era parents who had a really, still have an amazing work ethic Mm. and a lot of integrity and a lot of um, endurance and stamina for just, you know, working hard. Mm. Um, But bliss was not a word that we talked, you know, that we used a lot. So I was sort of born into that. And that was a big influence. So I remember after college, as I'm getting all concerned about creating my career and figuring out what I was going to do you know, with the rest of my life. I have this very vivid memory of my first job. I was living in my parents' house, New Jersey. I was commuting to New York City, and every day on the train on the platform I'm wearing these little matchy matchy outfits trying to dress myself up trying mm. to tame my hair by pulling it back mm. with a Shirley MacLaine book like Out on a Limb may have been the very first spiritual book that I read mm. and I even remember then even though I didn't have a language for it feeling like this disconnect like I don't want to be a part of the ants marching every day that commute into New York City and do the thing and then you work from 9 to 5 and then you come home something inside of me was, saying, it was knocking and saying this doesn't feel right but I didn't know anything else mm. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's just like one kind of image that still sticks with me as my starting grounds for for, you know, my sort of barometer for how this all started for me.
1: Yeah. I think you really said the most important thing we're going to say on the show which is something inside of you said something and I think that's what this really is about is paying attention to that little voice inside of us that guidance that we have which is natural and you know from the universe speaking to us kind of guiding us to our desires and our wants because our wants and desires are God given they're universal given things that we're born with and so I think that the universe wants us to fulfill all those things and a lot of times when we're little kids, you know, when we're playing and we're in kindergarten and we're doing things that little kids do, I always say this, when you go to the playground, you never see a kid on a bench. You see all the kids usually playing and that's how we are as children. Then as we start growing up and we get older and we start experiencing the world, then we start moving from the heart into the mind and we start overthinking things and worrying about things. And, you know, I I say a lot of times that there's really two things in life, love and fear Mm hmm. And I'm either moving towards love or I'm either moving towards fear and the belief system that usually we get from our parents. We just sort of inherit whatever their beliefs are because they're raising us. But also it can be cultural and Mm -hmm. the company that we keep school
0: teachers. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's a it's a confluence of influences.
1: Yeah, well, and even being a young woman out of college that you were, you know, the people that you surrounded yourself with, it sounded like you were already on a spiritual path, but maybe you still had people around you that were like, oh, you shouldn't do this, or you shouldn't do that, and even that can really affect us, and so I think The work or the fun work I was thinking about this before we went on the air tonight This is actually really fun To change my belief system To know that (laughs) I have the power within me It's not up to anybody else It's not like I have to listen to anybody else Or I have to do what they think I should do It's really in my control And watching what I think Watching what I feel Taking actions because I want to pay the bills I want to be responsible It's like doing all these things It can still be from a heart centered place instead of a fear-centered place
0: amen brother thank you and good night and that's a wrap
1: (laughs) (laughs) that that was a quick show everybody
0: um we'd also like to remind everybody we'd like to invite (laughs) you to give us a a call if you want to we have so much fun we don't you know we forget that everyone else is uh, with us um but we'd love to hear from you if you want to share any stories ask any questions Voice any concerns. Um eight seven seven four eight zero four one two zero. Please join us. Why are you laughing? I just am. It's one of those <laughs> nights, you know? Yeah. I'm a little hy- I'm a, i am said to you before we start, I'm a little ma I'm a little hyper stimulated today. There's yeah. just a lot of energy in the air and yeah. planets and retrograde and all kinds of things we can blame it on, but there's a lot of swirling stuff going on, right? Yeah. It's not just me, is it? No. alone in this? It's like hang on to your armchair and listen to the radio. <laughs> Put your seatbelt on. Um, Yeah, I used to joke, I mean, well, half-heartedly joke, you know, I think about me and and so many people I know, it's very standard and common that we get locked or stuck in something Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of, you know, inadvertent, innocent, well-intended reasons, relationships situations jobs whatever it is um, and then often you know and I know so many people then you know they wake up that you either you get locked in I, I'm thinking of people that I know um, you know uh, young people that have a checklist that they are concerned with getting married and have, having children at a young age because that's what you do and that's yeah. what you should do beyond mm-hmm. the fact that that's a true desire so they think mm-hmm. but they don't know their themselves well yet
1: I thought I should do that <laughs> yeah I did, so did I. like when I when I got to 30 I'm like oh my god like I don't have a girlfriend I'm not married how am I going to have kids like I had this whole thing and then you know I started to really think about it I'm like I'm alright with that for now
0: yeah but it's also like when it doesn't happen you keep moving the finish line like a few feet in front of you (laughs) because you (laughs) kind of have to you know and so um, you know I think of like young people that I know that um, have children um, got married to the wrong people very early on and now they're like in their early 30s and they're divorced single parents and dealing with starting all over again yeah. but with the extra you know, res- huge responsibility of trying to do that and only starting to maybe think wow I need to look inward and see what makes me happy instead of following my mind and checklist which told me to do X Y and Z mm-hmm. and then I think about so many stories we were talking about it before we went on the air tonight people that um, pursued money which you know hey I love money too I love the freedom that money buys I have nothing against money Yeah. and um, but pursue professional careers solely for that reason and then they get locked into these fancy jobs that on paper and in their pockets are really lovely but they're spiritually void and empty or it's at the expense of relationships and then they wake up one day and then they want to, you know, they let go of all that and luckily they have the resources to do it and then they get onto their spiritual path and can disappear into India for a, free, you know, for a few years which sounds lovely.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but I think, and then I always joke, you know, those are the people that end up on the talk shows that have paid my rent for, for the last 30 years. Right. right. Um, but, you know, I think that it's just so important. Like you said, it's fun to, you know, once you give yourself permission,
2: mm-hmm. again,
0: to realize that it doesn't have to be scary. And I can personally attest to the fact that, you know, money has always money concerns have always dangled in the back of my head. And who for who, you know, for who don't don't they? Right. Most people they do. Right. There's the raw practicality of life, paying the bills, feeding yourself, mortgages, children, all the obvious. Right. Um, And so that's a very legitimate thing. And often the question is, well, easy for, you know, somebody with resources to say, I'm going to follow the spirit. I'm going to follow my heart because you don't have to worry about X, Y and Z. Yeah. But I like to, to your point just now. I have in the last 2 years in this transition that I've been in professionally where I've struggled a lot with trying to find work and I've struggled a lot with my fi- you know with um, money woes mm. and I was continuing to follow my head and the fear and just reflexively throwing out anything that would stick to pursue the same types of jobs I've historically had over the years many of which didn't really warm my heart mm. but because that was just the obvious thing to do the practical Mm. should thing to do Mm. and they didn't stick yeah and I remember actually coming in here and talking to Sam about it and he said well maybe you don't really want those and I thought well there's a concept you know and he was right Um, and what happened is I've been shifting and just trying to summon up the chutzpah and the you know or the cojones the brave the courage to just get back to my heart When that happens internally, all the outside circumstances align with it. I promise it happens for whoever's listening. It really does. You think it should happen in reverse, Mm -mm. where you sort out your external and then your internal kind of catches up. Mm. But if you make the decision and just sort of have the balls and just relax into it, it really does show up. Yeah. Because our outside world is a complete reflection of what's going on on the inside. Yeah. And it is fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's like we can we have choices and we can make really great choices for ourselves that feel good instead of scaring ourselves all the time, you know. I I say that worry is just using our imagination in a negative way and when someone's like you know, I should do this, I should do that, they're usually worrying a lot about negative things that haven't even happened. And I got to tell you, most of the time in my life, whenever I've done something that I think I should do, rather, and I'm not talking about walking around all the time doing everything I want to do, but I'm talking about in general, when I've been motivated by, oh, I should do this or I should do that, it doesn't work out, especially in career. You know, I've tried... I've tried to do things that I thought I should do and as far as have a 9 to 5 professional career that looks like everybody else sometimes and it just doesn't seem like it's it's been my path. So with that we're going to take a break we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to the Robin and Callie show. You caught my bug. I was, I was a little early on that one. So uh, yeah, welcome back to the show. Tonight we're talking about shoulds versus wants. Listening to your heart, listening to your head. If you want to call in and join the conversation, the number is 877-480-4120. Yeah,
0: somebody call us. I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood for a call.
1: All right, there we go. Bring it on. So I wanted to talk about something that really inspired me. And I think it really aligns with the topic tonight. And on um, Sunday, I was watching Oprah's Super Soul Sundays, which I never really watch a lot. I've heard great things about it. yeah. And sometimes when I'm flipping through the channel, if I got nothing else to watch, I put that on. And she just happened to have on Norman Lear.
0: Yeah, you told me.
1: Oh, my God. This guy, he's like 93. And the whole interview, he seemed like he was 40 years old. I mean, just he looks great for his age. He's so elegant eloquently young in the way he talks, and he's still so teachable and humble and learning from life, and he's really spiritual, and he just had so many morsels of wisdom to offer, but especially on this topic about doing what you think you should versus what you want. And he talked about the history. For people who don't know, Norman Lear created All in the Family. Mm-hmm. He created The Jeffersons. And he created Good Times, yeah. which was my first favorite sitcom oh when I was gosh. a kid. Oh
0: my gosh, he raised us. Yeah, he did. Beyond parents, yeah. He
1: did. And All in the Family, like, Archie Bunker reminds me of my grandfather and in a good way though he's just this cigar smoking (laughs) guy in the 70s and you know we'd sit around and play gin and he's just uh, he's just you know one of my favorite people but uh, and my grandmother was kind of like Edith like running around making food for everybody (laughs) and just they had very similar personalities to the two characters on that show and um, yeah so great but Norman Lear created these shows in the 70s at a time when it was a very volatile country there was a lot going on with the vietnam war the economy was terrible people were running around scared all the time there was a lot of division between a lot of different people um race relations were horrible i mean it was a very tough time in the 70s living in the country and especially in new york city Mm -hmm. and norman lear tackled these issues on the show and i think he's the first guy to have like an all black cast for a show i don't think there was a Um, a sitcom or show before that. And he talks about on this... In the interview with Oprah, he talks about how people were telling him you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't talk Mm -hmm. about that, and he just listened to his gut the whole time, and he listened to his intuition. And I wanted to say this. It takes a lot of courage to do that. When you're facing adversity, especially from people that you listen to or who you respect their opinion, and if they're telling you you shouldn't do that or not to do it, but you still feel like you, you need to or you want to, Sometimes, or just anybody like who has the courage to listen to themselves, no matter who is telling them not to do it, it takes so much courage. And I think that's part of what meditation, prayer, exercise, you know, doing things that we enjoy, it all comes into play when we get into that moment in life, when we're going to create our own all in the family.
0: Oh, that was nice. I like the way you just tied that, uh, brought that around. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that was, that was good. Um, yeah, I think that uh, first of all, again, when money and big—I pa- I guess it really doesn't matter. It can just be you with yourself. That's your, you know, the, the where you're combating yourself or imposing your shoulds. Mm-hmm. And it can be as big as something like a, you know, huge monstrosity of a television network putting demands on you, or society telling you something's not right. But I think it's really important to reemphasize what you just said about what you do to f- try to find your heart. yeah. And I do think, again, we've talked about this in different capacities over different shows. It's, it's also giving yourself permission to just even th- remember that it's there. Yeah. Instead of being so caught up in the, you know, the storylines of our days and all the things we're taking care of. Those are wonderful excuses yeah, um, to keep us in patterns that really take us further and further away from what our inner you know, our heart or wants are. Mm -hmm. Um, and so meditation, getting quiet, being around things that feel good. I mean, it's so simple. It's just sort of creating your own adult sandbox whenever you can, even if it's for, you know, two minutes in the course of the day, just to let something else come in and speak to you. Yeah. Um, because it really, you can't go wrong. You know, I just, I can, I, I wish I could, it'll come to me. There's so many stories around me, stories that I've done, you know, professionally, friends, experiences that I've had where, um, you know, the heart never takes you in the wrong direction. It never does. You think about great world leaders and advocates and, you know, history makers. And I mean, always comes down to that, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's an easy, comfortable ride. Right. But ultimately, you know, earlier on you were talking about how it's kind of this God-given thing when we have strong desires inside of us. Yeah, what do we? They're meant to be honored. Mm-hmm. And I remember pondering that for a really long time, many years ago, because I wasn't sure. Yeah. in fact, I remember I even took a photograph. I was going through a phase where I was. Um, writing captions and all my, you know, incessant rhetorical existential questions. I was doing it as an art form and I was writing it at the bottom, um, like the borders of my photographs. Mm. And I remember um, I took one of these children in um, the streets of Havana many, many years ago when I was there mm. um, <laughs> with a religious organization. I'll, I'll say in quotes now. I was there on my own, on my own volition and, um, and I remember bringing that photo, you know, home, making a a, a large a, an enlargement of it. And in the bottom, I think I wrote something like, "Is it possible that our deep desires are ever in vain? Are they ever meant to not be?" realized yeah and because I was really stuck on this Mm -hmm. and now I know for sure that the answer is unequivocally no they aren't you know they are meant to be realized yeah Um, so might as well start sooner than later right because it only gets more difficult I think as you get older
1: yeah you know Yeah, well and to get back to the Norman Lear analogy you know he broke open not only television but the whole American culture and maybe world culture at that point so him taking a chance and listening to his own heart and doing that the same thing can happen for us maybe not on a global scale like that or on a network like that but it's more about the fact you know paying attention to that guide within us that's saying you know why don't you start that radio show you know you really like to put on headphones and get in front of a mic and it's something that comes natural why don't you see if you could are you looking at me no i'm, I'm talking about us you know <laughs> that that it was like you know that that you know that's what we did, yeah. and it's such a natural, fun thing. I mean, I look forward to this every yeah, week, me too. and to hear that other people look forward to listening to us. I mean, that's it's icing; it's fantastic, and it's all because we tried to get calm enough over the years. It took us a little while, <laughs> you know. We we had some work to do, and uh, and eventually we could listen to that heart, which is our best guide.
0: Yeah, and this is that's this is a great example. Thanks for deconstructing our lives while we while we work slash have fun. Um, but this wasn't even something where there they, was. They a- say
1: talk about what you know. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good point. Um, you know, we didn't even have anything. We, we couldn't even write down right now on paper any concrete, good, excusable obstacles that we had. That, that was just us being in our own way. Yeah. You know, this yeah. was, I mean, the, the pleasure, you know, the, the carrot was being dangled for us, by, you know, for 10 years that we talked about doing this. Right. Right. I and mean, it took us that long to just decide and, make, and take the step right what's that about <laughs>
1: well okay so here's what I think it's about analyze and, us for okay, it, for, well, the, for the people well I was thinking about this that um, I think that we all grow up and we're very connected to our heart as little kids and as we get older our heart gets broken whether
0: mwah, mwah. yeah
1: whether it's a crush in school or we didn't get into the college of our choice or maybe we had a career that didn't go well after college whatever it may be things happen and our heart breaks yeah and I think part of us being able to listen to our heart is helping heal the heart. And I think when you and I met years ago, I mean, my heart had a lot of yeah, healing to do. Both our hearts dip. are broken. For oh very different my reasons, lord! So. Yeah, I mean, I was just trying to wake up in the morning, get to work, and you know, be a productive member of society and um, and have some fun along the way. Which back then I was having a lot of trouble doing. I had a lot of work to do, and in my own case, I had a lot of grieving to do. I had a lot of tears to shed. And, um, I just want to share something my mom shared with me years ago, because I had a problem with the fact that I cried and she said to me, you know, when you cry tears of sadness, you literally get toxins out of your body. So you're, yes, you're literally literally cleansing your system. And so whenever I cry and I start getting ashamed (laughs) about it, I think about that. Oh yeah, this is good. I'm getting it out of my Uh, system.
0: Now I, I, now I feel really good about myself because I have no issue with the, with the crying factor those mechanisms are well intact
1: that's part of being an american guy you don't cry so um so yeah but it's like you know what i call is clearing a space for love and abundance to have a home and i had to do a lot of clearing within myself to be able to do a show like this and just giggle on the air just laugh on the air at nothing it's like that took a lot of work so i think Part of it is the fact that I've tried to do a lot of things in therapy and support and friends and just, you know, girlfriends along the way that have helped me heal my heart.
0: The heart is the way, you know, um, and um, I two people. Um, that come to mind right now that are just worth mentioning for anybody who's interested in reading about just the validity of what we're saying from people that are probably more you know tried and true than than we are on some level like um that have been talking about these concepts for way longer um greg braden who's a very interesting um man a scientist by um trade and then grew more into the metaphysical realm and um just a brilliant leader, thought leader, writer. Um, he's done really cool experiments that have to do with measuring the power of the heart. Um, one that quickly comes to mind, I don't want to butcher this, I'll just give you the abridged version, had to do with after 9-11 when they were measuring, um, I don't remember if it was a group of people grieving, taking a moment of silence. It had something to do with that, and they did something where they could actually quantify the energy of um People thinking from a heart place, feeling something collectively, and mm. there are quantitative scientific um, results from that that are really interesting. The other one, again, always one of my favorites, Don Miguel Ruiz, because I'm still in the middle of this damn autobiography that I'm addicted to and can't quite like finish. You mean the one um, uses a doorstop? The one <laughs> the one I t- <laughs> yeah <laughs> that one um, you know he um, he talks so much about how it's on us to paint our story to paint our picture mm. that knowledge and our heads are basically our enemy that not his words exactly but they are the obstacles that get in the way knowledge has been so revered in our society and it's kind of overrated and um, but it's what we've been taught and what's been you know sort of um, instilled in us mm. and that really it's up to us to clear the space to create whatever we want to, pay, to yeah. write our own story. We all have permission to do that and it really does work if you just give it the time and space.
1: Yeah. So I, I think the takeaway from tonight is you don't have to shit on yourself. Right. Right. Stop shooting, And you can maybe sit down and write a list of things that you want in your life. Maybe right. just Have
0: a fun exercise. Yeah. Just fantasize.
1: Whatever you want to do just sit down and write that list and, and really try and get in touch with that little kid maybe. Like what are things that you wanted when you were a kid that you haven't done yet or, or places you want to go or hobbies that you want to pick up again. You know, if you haven't picked up that guitar a little, it's a little dusty, pick it up and start playing it again. You know, just do little things like that. It's it's going to make a world of a difference. Yeah. It's going to make a world of a difference.
0: Thank you, Alma fad Yeah. I um, but I, and I also think it's important to continue to look at that list regularly. Create the energy around it because it's not about thinking it. It's about feeling it. When you feel things, you really do bring them into existence. Yeah, which, that's also proven. You don't have to believe me. You which, know, but just to re- sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Look at us trying to get it all in in like the next I, I, 30 seconds. Go ahead. Um we're getting excited, but um, I think it's really just the repetition of that to really really honor giving it a little bit of space. So with that, we want to thank everybody for listening. Rob has something to say. Yeah,
1: I just wanted to say it's really in the vibe. So pay yes. attention to the vibe. Yes. So with that, this is the end of another episode of the Robin Kelly <laughs> Show. Uh, really great to talk to everybody and um,
0: check us out on all social media that Rob puts us on.
1: That's right, that's right. The
0: Robin Kelly Show Twitter, Facebook, etc. Thank you all for joining us.
1: Thanks, everybody. Take care.